Before we get into this week's episode, I, Justin, want to personally say thank you to all of you who listen to this podcast. And why? Because this past Sunday, October 25th, was officially the one-year anniversary of me releasing the very first episode to this podcast. This podcast has definitely been through some changes, some ups and downs, some good, some bad. But all in all, it is something that I truly do enjoy doing. It is something that I, at times, would want to just scrap it. But the love and the passion that I have for wrestling, it's something that I just had to keep going. And if, honestly, if it wasn't for the interaction on social media, if it wasn't for the downloads of the episodes that we release, I probably would just scrap it. Um, but now that I have my better half, Damien, there are... Feelings that I know that this podcast is going to be on a good path. And that's all that I ever wanted. And it, honestly, if, if it wasn't for the loyal listeners to this podcast, to the ones that subscribe and, and, and listen to the episodes and follow us on Twitter and interact with us on Twitter, uh, it, it, it is all because of you. And I truly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, just want to say thank you. Thank you so, so much. Uh, I definitely, again, see a bright future with Damien. And, you know, all the things that we possibly will be doing. The surprises. Who knows? Who knows where where we're going to go? But I can honestly say in this moment that I feel as if this podcast is on the right foot to a great path. And I just, again, want to say thank you so much. And hopefully to many, many, many more. So with that being said, without me keep going on and on and on about it, let's get into this episode. Again, thank you so much so much. Welcome back to another edition of the Worst Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this is a different voice that normally introduces it. I'm Damian Miller, ho- co-host of the Worst Wrestling Podcast, the better half, if you will, according to Justin. And Justin, unfortunately, could not make it. He had to be a good, upstanding father and attend some stuff for his son. So we support him in all of that. But never fear for the second week in a row. Brad from Russell Rumble, the head of creative of Russell Rumble, I should say, is jumping in to take the hot tag and help us out here. So, Brad, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, glad to uh, keep up going with uh, making the worst wrestling podcast, the most mediocre wrestling podcast. I mean, listen, we, we do our best to be a <laughs> mediocre operation. I know we're not the best. Otherwise, we'd uh, we'd have a nice recu- recording studio and we'd be uh, smoking up with uh, Elon Musk like Joe Rogan does. But <laughs> I always, when I was wrestling, I called myself a cut above. Uh, so I always tried to make this a much more top-notch show, if you will, uh, just to bring a little bit to it. So... Yeah, I, I appreciate having you on. Uh, this is the first time you and I have actually talked um, today, yeah. actually. <laughs> so um, just just wanted to run through. This is going to be our watch-along episode, and today we are going to be watching from Best of the Super Junior 23, 
my handpicked match, the first match, Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. Um, and Brad, just to get a little bit of a, uh, a, a backstory on this one, do you watch New Japan? <laughs> very, very sparingly. Uh, I, my Xfinity account currently doesn't carry access. Okay. So uh, unfortunately, I can't pull it that easy. But when something big happens, I am definitely on top of it uh, on the good old interwebs. Wonderful. Um, do you know about New Japan World? Yes, I do. And okay. uh, my wife <laughs> controls the purse strings, so uh, I already have WWE Network and a few other subscriptions, and I know where to uh, stop asking. <laughs> the nice part about being single is uh, I don't have a wife to control my purse strings. So <laughs> there you I, go. <laughs> I definitely, um, I definitely am able to do the New Japan Worlds and Stardoms and God, the countless others. But <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. Like right now, I was actually going to bring this up before we jumped into some of the New Japan talk, and we'll get there in a second. But um, I wanted to, I, I kind of wanted to get your gauge about um, kind of how you got into wrestling. I didn't really hear you and Justin go over that um, in the last episode. So give me like a little bit of a backstory. What was your start? How did you come across um, with Wrestle Rumble and stuff like that? And, and, and give us a little bit of a backstory to your fandom. Sure. Uh, a quick backstory of my fandom. Uh, when I was young, uh, like very young, my parents took me to go see pro wrestling live up at the Erie Civic Center in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was going literally just to see Hulk Hogan, and oh. I didn't realize anything else existed other than Hulk Hogan and Earthquake. And uh, that's when I realized, my goodness, this is a whole big world. So, uh, I adopted Sergeant Slaughter as one of my all-time favorites that day because it was a G.I. Joe come to life. I mean, mm -hmm. come on, how can you not love that? Uh, and from there, it just sort of grew. I uh, went over to the good old Hollywood video store and rented every Coliseum video I could and uh, built up a, a knowledge that way. Uh, from there, once I got out on my own, uh, it just started growing more because I could put more time towards watching it. And uh started going to some local shows and started hitting more of the, uh, the shows here in Pittsburgh, going to see IWC wrestling. The indie scene here mm -hmm. uh, is, is really hopping, which is mm -hmm. great. And uh, yeah, from there, I just uh, continued to grow until I started uh, becoming the, well, at one point I was one of the ringsiders of ring of honor when they came to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm very happy to say I survived a inadvertent chair shot from uh, Mark Briscoe. There you go. So, yeah, <laughs> so that was my first big bump. Uh, and uh, from there, it just it continued to grow to where I am now talking with you. Uh, Wrestle Rumble was a very, very cool coincidence. Uh, my friend Matt ran it. I actually met him through Wrestle Rumble when we started talking about wrestling. And uh, well, one day he needed somebody to create some creative uh, flyers and some different things for him. And I threw my hat in the ring, and uh, that's been a, about two years now. And now I'm in charge of all the creative. I come up with the titles. I come up with the uh, with the artwork that advertises it, and I help with some of the questions when we do pick 'em contests, which is always fun. Uh, just because of the unpredictability of 2020, unfortunately, our pick 'ems mm -hmm. have been scaled back. Uh, but we have been doing what we like to call just the buck giveaways. Uh, where you can throw in just $1 and you can win a ton of replica belts uh, or you can win cash. It just depends on what we're giving away that month. That's awesome. Like that's, that's the one thing um, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big sports fan and uh, the people at home can't see it, but there's penguin stuff all over your wall right now. Um, I'm not so much into hockey, but more into the, um, into football and, and, and stuff like that. So wrestle rumble, uh, is, is kind of a cool, it's a cool concept because for me, I'm a big sports gambler. Uh, <laughs> yes. And so. actually we, we were the uh, first to do this. And I'm very pleased to say that, uh, another company that rhymes with raft thing came in and stole our idea. And now they're doing something similar. So, uh, you're welcome, Raft Ring. <laughs> yeah, um, another one. Uh, 
I've actually seen. I had to search for it. Um, it's a it's a company out of Argentina, so I highly doubt that they actually um, listen to anything like this. It's called My Bookie, and um, they had a uh, a pay per view pick'em con. Like not it's not a dollar. You had to actually put money on it, but like they have like weighted odds and stuff like that uh, it, for for different kind of wrestling uh, pay-per-views and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely been a, uh, it's been a growth for wrestling gambling almost. It's really weird to say that because it almost seems, especially if you're in the IWC, um, you kind of know what's going to happen. <laughs> you do. And that's why we keep it uh, a little bit more fresh with our pickums by asking some of the intangibles that uh, the average fan wouldn't know. And honestly, the smartest of smart marks wouldn't know. For example, for uh, the money in the bank, one of our questions is who will be the first person to put a single foot on the ladder? And uh, that, that was a very variable question that anybody could have done it. And uh, it actually turned out to be Otis, but that was some of the, one of the ways we decided that one, but uh, not that this helps for people listening, but just to give you an idea, I have a full size North American title right here. Oh, uh, these are spell. what we are giving away the very quality, very heavy, uh, actual replica belts. Oh, that is such a, uh, can we, just, I think you and I could sit down and have just a whole conversation about how gorgeous and how ugly some belts are. Um, oh, you bet. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, a big belt snob. I'm a belt mark. Like I'm a, I'm a huge belt mark. It, it, it's kind of who I am. Um, I think what I think the cruiserweight title is one of the ugliest and <laughs> um, same, with the, same with the fiends, uh, the fiend exclusive belt, cool in concept, but horribly pulled off. <laughs> yes. It's, I think that it accomplishes exactly what they wanted to do though, and make just something so weird and out in left field that, uh, and so ugly it. that not even its mother could love it. Yeah. But people bought it. People bought it. Absolutely. And uh, actually, uh, we gave one away as part of our Hell in the Cell giveaway that we did uh, on Sunday. Wow, that's insane. I, I, our, I can't say I can't say that I'd be happy to own that one, but it would have been the first one that I would have owned. So <laughs> our owner or our winner is definitely a very, very excited guy right now. So uh, I can imagine but with we are going to be doing our next one actually is coming up. It's called when worlds collide. It is going to be, uh, after survivor series, uh, mm -hmm. solo monster will be announcing all of our winners for us there, but, uh, I'm trying to pull it up. We're actually doing the NXT title, the mm -hmm. NWA title. Uh, we are also doing the, <laughs> My goodness, I'm just trying to call this off the top of my head, and I'm I'm stalling out. I apologize. It's all uh, good. The AEW title, which mm -hmm. we actually they don't sell those as replicas yet. So Matt had it custom made for us, oh. and we are doing the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Which one? The uh, the most recent one that's available on WWE Shop. Okay. 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 So it's yeah. not it's not the it's not the W uh, it's not the WWE CW belt. It's the actual ECW. It's the actual ECW ECF. Okay. Uh, so that for just a dollar, there are going to be four winners. So for one dollar, you can take part and uh, have a chance to win one of those wonderful titles. Hmm. I might have to put it in. For and that I because... will tell you, just by picking it up, the AEW belt that we had custom made is about twenty pounds. Oh, I can heavy, imagine. Heavy I can imagine that is that is a gorgeous belt, though. Like, let's oh yes, let's be let's be honest. That is a gorgeous belt. That one and the NWA title. Yes, Matt had that made by the guy who makes the legit AEW belt. Okay, so it is as close as you can possibly get to getting your hands on AEW's championship. Wow, that's insane. Well. Speaking of the um, NWA, um, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about before we actually um, jumped into our watch-along. And the first one is the uh, United Wrestling Network World Title Tournament. Have you heard about this? I have. There's some um, very interesting competitors jumping in on that. 
Yeah, I, that's kind of what I wanted to discuss with you here really quick. Um, this The United Wrestling Network is comprised of, and forgive me if I mess this up, but it is the NWA Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Uh, what's the third one? There's a third company in it, too. And, uh, oh, my God, I'm a terrible... I'm a terrible host. I forget. I'm forgetting now. <laughs> um, but anyway. Championship Wrestling from Arizona. Championship Wrestling from Arizona, yes. So those three all combined um, to make the United Wrestling Network primetime live. And that's um, to kind of combat with, uh, with cost-cutting measures and stuff like that, being what they are with COVID, um, the NWA kind of spearheaded this. And um, there's a almost like the NWA's title um, back in the day. This is now an alliance title. So um, I, I wanted to go through this tournament bracket and just kind of get your thoughts on it. Uh, the opening round matches, uh, Eric Redbeard, formerly known as Eric Rowan, will take on a man named Watts. I'm not familiar with him. Um Chris Dickinson, who just faced off against John Moxley at uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 4, taking on Peter Avalon of AEW. Mm -hmm. um, we have Carl Fredericks taking on the formerly known as Darren Young, currently known as Fred Rosser. And Carl Fredericks is of New Japan fame. And then we have Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Mike Bennett, who is formerly of Ring of Honor and WWE. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts. This is a weird lineup. <laughs> it is. It is so weird that it's just, I think it's going to work. Uh, it's very interesting to see some of these people that you wouldn't really expect, like uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. tangling mm -hmm. with Mike Bennett. Uh, I'm so happy anytime Fred Rosser's doing anything. So I'm, I'm happy to see Fred Rosser getting some kind of uh, camera time. I know he's mm -hmm. been doing his rounds uh, around lately. Uh, and Eric Redbeard, I thought he was done wrestling, but you know, good for Rowan. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting because I feel like, I feel like, uh, uh, Redbeard here is going to kind of mesh with this NWA kind of style. I feel like this is yeah. definitely more suited for him. Um, because he is, he's very much a big hulking guy. He definitely has the, he has the in-ring ability. We could see, we've seen him be able to go, um, whether he can do it as a singles is definitely up for debate. The one that's really interesting for me is Carl Fredericks. So he is from the new Japan LA dojo. He was trained by Katsuyori Shibata. And um, he has, they have completely um, foregone his excursion, which has only happened, um, the only time that's happened recently was with Hiroshi Tanahashi. So the ace of New Japan is the last man to have his excursion skipped. And now Carl Fredericks has had that happen. That speaks really high of Carl Fredericks. I would not be surprised if he makes it to the finals of this if New Japan has their hands in it. Yeah, there is a, uh, if that's the situation we're looking at, I mean, there's proof in that pudding, man. It's it's just going to be one of those things where if he can pull it off, if he can show the chops, I mean, the sky's the limit. The, 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 the craziest thing um, that I'm going to be looking at with this as well is how they book Peter Avalon. Because Peter Avalon in AEW is definitely a jobber. Um, yeah. Now, with him facing off against Chris Dickinson, who is... A monster of a man. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's an understatement. Yeah, I, I'm very intrigued to see how he does in this aspect. Um, how they kind of portray him, if he portrays the same kind of character, or if he actually comes back and, and does something different. Well, he started out of championship wrestling from Hollywood, where he was actually a, a pretty tough guy. Uh, so I wonder if he falls back to his roots and really just sort of goes... Uh, I remember this was a few years ago, way before AEW was even a thought. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Avalon was making some headlines for, for having some pretty good work rate matches along the likes of Drew Gulak and a few others. Uh, the guy definitely has the work rate. He's definitely more of a ground technician than anything else, uh, from what I've mm -hmm. seen anyway. I haven't seen a whole I haven't I haven't seen a whole lot from him. 
but I have seen enough to know that, that he can go. And he was even being highly touted for the WWE for a hot minute. Um, I think it was back in 2014, 2015 kind of area. Um, yeah. So I, I'm very intrigued to see how this goes. This tournament has me intrigued enough that I might actually buy the $10 for that month just to see how that tournament shapes out. Um, I, I, I'm very intrigued. It, it definitely threw me um, for a little bit of a loop. But moving on from that, we're going to kind of keep it into the primetime wrestling umbrella. On primetime live this week, we have a new NWA TV champion in the Pope D'Angelo De Niro, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you've watched a lot of Impact. I did, and I always liked the Pope. I always thought that he was definitely one of the good guys in wrestling. Um, always seemed to put forth the, the maximum amount of effort. And, and it's kind of nice to see that he's getting featured on a stage like this. Yes. He, he was always dependable. That's the one thing I remember about him mm -hmm. when I did watch impact on a regular basis, he was just, he was dependable. He was good. He, he was a solid, I don't want to say hand, but man, the guy could go. Yeah. Don't say, don't say he's a good hand. He might chair shot you like Sean Spears. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've um, already got a Briscoe bruise, so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, how stiff was that? It it was not good. Uh I will say that uh Joe Koff came over to check on me to make sure I was all right. So you mm -hmm. know it wasn't planned when Joe Koff comes over and uh offers you anything at the bar to make you feel better. <laughs> um I actually have a little bit more of a question from that. Um are you trained? Did you train? No, actually, I had I got such a severe gray concussion at one point that uh, I have an impact disorder, so I can't do that. I mm -hmm. did locally, though, uh, talk to a couple of people about potentially being a mouthpiece and uh, running my mouth, but I decided against it because what good is a mouthy sob if he can't get his comeuppance? Absolutely, so, I, like, I, I get that. for me, so I I am now just a. Uh, I call myself the heel of Wrestle Rumble because I can take a verbal beating, but man, I don't need to get hit again. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, um, I kind of had something similar happen. Um, we're going to get a little bit in depth into my, my ring career a little bit. Um, okay. I wrestled for about two and a half years and I've had seven concussions throughout that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's that I know of. Um, I've probably, I probably had a couple more than I actually like to admit, but uh, yeah, concussions are no bueno. Um, <laughs> they, they suck. They're nothing to mess with. No. Um, that's actually kind of why I, kind of, I got into more of the podcast game than anything now. Um, I was kind of training for a, an in-ring return, and it just didn't feel right. Something didn't feel right with it, um, I and, and you know what? There was... There was a little bit of confusion with how booking was going to go, and I kind of took that as a sign of, you know what, maybe it's just time for me to step away and, 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 and take my time back. Well, kudos for you for realizing that, because, I mean, it could have been a completely different story for you if you hadn't. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are still going that probably should have hung up the boots due to concussion issues that they are or might not be aware of. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've noticed it throughout my everyday life, like just simple things. And, and with a uh, severe gray concussion, you probably, you probably understand exactly what I'm talking about when I say it's really hard to remember uh, something you were asked to do five seconds ago. Yes. That happens every day. Uh, every day. Mine, mine unfortunately was such a hard concussion that it threw me into epilepsy. Oh, so, wow. uh, concussions are really nothing to mess with that that happened to me four years ago and uh i've been uh taking seizure meds ever since and just dealing with that ever since so it's concussions are nothing to mess with kids if you think you hurt your head go get it looked at yeah absolutely that that is one thing that we that is one important thing we will say from the takeaway of this episode is if, if you're if you're in pain if your head's in pain or if you feel if you just feel off make sure you get checked Definitely make Absolutely. sure you get, get you get checked because, as you can just tell, I stumbled over my words. That's another result of multiple concussions is not being able to speak clearly sometimes. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so off of that depressing note, let's go to something a lot more positive. Um, hey, we're happy again. <laughs> Impact has announced 
a multi-year contract with Deanna Perrazzo. Um, I actually really like this. I think Impact is the perfect place for her. I love Deanna Perrazzo. That woman is so underrated, and it's so great to see her finally getting the props that she deserves. Yes. Uh, the first time I saw her was at a Ring of Honor house show. She came out. You just knew from seeing her go, there's something special about this girl. Yes. She wrestle. She can go. She had all the facials. She had everything you need. The psychology was there. When she calls herself the virtuosa, she is not lying. She is the total package for a women's wrestler, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and her matches um, that she's had on Impact um, with uh, Jordan Grace, uh, the 30-minute the, the Iron Woman match, I think it was, um, it was an absolute barn burner. I saw that one. Um, I saw that one. And, and I, I've seen her work in, in Ring of Honor. And I don't know what happened with WWE that they dropped the ball with this woman. But she, every time I saw her in WWE, I was just like, this is not the same Deanna Perrazzo I saw she looked a little sloppy she looked like she didn't really want to be there like things just did not seem to click for her in the WWE and then she comes to Impact and boom she's putting on these instant classics again and I, I, I'm just very curious to see what happened to cause that little bit of a switch in her from from the ROH Deanna Perrazzo to the WWE one because it just did not seem to click. Well, I will say from going to an NXT house show, I saw her at an NXT house show as well. She didn't look like she was having fun like she did in Ring mm -hmm. of Honor. When You can really tell when a performer is just loving what they do. And she looked nervous. She looked like she was looking for stage markings. She just didn't look right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I hope that she's found, and it seems like she's found, why she loves this business again, because she is, she is living up to every single thing I'd hope for for Deanna, and I only hope for the best. And I really, really want to see her continue to succeed. And honestly, I don't want to see her come back to WWE because mm -mm. I'm afraid that she will disappear again. I'd love to see her maybe drop off into an AEW, do something with NWA, just anywhere she can take her talent, which is beyond above average. Deanna Perrazzo should be there. Um, I will say, and I, I'm Googling it now, but I, I don't 100%, I'm not 100% sure if she ever wrestled for stardom. But if she wrestled for stardom, oh, buddy, I think that she would be an amazing addition there. Yes, I, that's the thing. Outside WWE, everywhere she's gone, she has just been just a star. Yes, she she was in World Wonder Ring Stardom for about a year. Um, she she had an appearance with uh, teaming with Shayna Baszler and Christy Janes over there. Um, she faced off against Jungle Kiona, um, and then she was with uh, she was with Baszler who uh, in a three way tag match, and and she won over Io Shirai, Tony Storm, and Zoe Lucas. So I mean. That that those are pretty good company to keep. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are definitely the company to keep. And uh, now I'm glad that she's keeping company at the top, especially with that belt. Yeah, and, and honestly, I would love to see her face off against the likes of Kira Hogan, the likes of um, Rosemary. Um, I would love to that see her. Money. That, that her and Rosemary is money, or her and Sue Young. Or even yeah. her, her and Hikaru Shida, I think, would have a five-star classic. I really think that those two would mesh really well. I would also like to see her maybe even take on somebody like a Nyla Rose, because I feel mm -hmm. like they could tell a hell of a story with the power game coming against the technical ability. I, I just think that those matchups, the, the odd pairings, sometimes turn out the best matchups. And Nyla well, Rose versus Deanna Prazo, I'm in. Well, and we saw that in a way against Jordan Grace because Jordan Grace, let, let's be honest, she is a built woman. She is stacked. Yes. She is she is stacked. And and her versus Deanna Peraza was kind of similar where Jordan Grace was using her strength. But facing off against Nyla Rose, that's a completely different, no pun intended, beast because 
Yeah. Nyla Rose is just on another level of strength, on another level of booking, on another level of character than Jordan Grace is. And no, no, no insult to Jordan Grace. I love that woman. I've seen, I, I saw her wrestle and shared a locker room with her a couple times. And and that woman is super talented, but Nyla Rose is just up here on a on a different kind of level, on in a, in a different category, if you will. And add Vicky Guerrero to that mix as mm-hmm. the uh, mouthpiece. Just Vicky, just distracting her from the outside. It just I take my money. Just it's there. Just take it. Yeah, and uh, honestly, um, I know a lot of people aren't super high on her, but um, at least as of right now. But her and Big Swole. I feel like would have a very good match too. Yes. Yeah. It, it's very much like the Jordan grace type of thing where Biggs full is a, a power game. I mean, that's but it's like does. a lean power. Lose. It's, it's very different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, she definitely doesn't have the size to throw around, but she's, she's just a power game compared to uh, Deanna's more technical savvy. So either way, I think it, that would also be another match that would just be money. I mean, I think wherever Deanna goes, whoever she steps in the ring with, she could just have a barn burner with. I mean, she the old thing is she could wrestle a broomstick and make it look good. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Omega wrestled a sex doll and made it look good, so I'm I'm sure Deanna Brazo could do the same with a broomstick. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, with that being said, we're gonna try we're gonna go over to our watch along here. And um, this is a match that kind of took the internet by storm to the point that Osprey ended up facing Vader. Um, this match was uh, was played on ESPN. Um, not the full match, but a highlight package of the match was played on ESPN at one point. Um, this kind of launched Will Osprey's career into the stratosphere with New Japan. Um this is coming from the best of the Super Juniors 23, like I said, uh, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay. And what what do you know about Will Ospreay in particular here? Um, just because uh, Ricochet, we know, is now in the top company in the world in WWE and being used poorly. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the mainstream wrestling fan, he is extremely underrated, underknown for the talent he's got. Uh, I saw him at the War of the Worlds tour in, in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and it, it just incredible. I mean, he is fast-paced. He's now upping his... He's bulking up, so he's actually going to have that power. There yeah, you he's go. a heavyweight. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. He's got the charisma. I just... Uh, he's another one like Deanna Perrazzo that I think the sky is the limit, and I just want to see him go somewhere that he is going to be appreciated for what he can do. And I believe he's got that right now with New Japan. Yeah, um, actually with New Japan, um, he brought in Bia Priestley, and uh, uh, his name was Tomoyuki Oka, but now he goes by the Great Okarn. And they are now called the Empire. Um, so it looks like New Japan is really behind Will Ospreay because they're giving him their, his own stable. They're giving him his own faction, Good. much like they did with Tetsuya Naito and Los Ingobernables de Japón. Absolutely. That's great to hear. Uh, the, guy, the guy's got it all. Yeah, I, I truly think that this year um, for Wrestle Kingdom, uh, we're going to get Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada, and I'm really here for that. I'm here for that. I will definitely be, uh, you know, since I don't have the... Uh, the New Japan World. I will definitely be YouTubing the hell out of that if that were to happen. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll, I'll send you my username. I'll, I'll. I'll make sure that you get something out of this. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So let's start. Um, we are going to start at 11 seconds in. Uh, hopefully, past the graphic. I'm trying to trying to get it. The the audio will be muted. Me and Brad will be doing. Um, some conversations over top of it, um, getting our actual natural reactions because Brad has never seen this match. I have seen this match more times than I can count. <laughs> I can honestly say I've heard Jim Cornette blow a gasket over this match more than I've actually seen the whole thing. So, so I'm I, very happy to see what made his head explode. I am going to start it now. Um, we are going at 11 seconds and I'm going to count it down from three to one. For those of you watching along at home, um, and you have your New Japan World pulled up, all seven of you, uh, thank you. Um, 
we're getting a shot. This is at uh, Corcoran Hall, actually, too. One of yeah. the more famous venues as well for New Japan. And right now we're going to go through the intros here. Um, Ricochet is known as King Ricochet here at this point um, in New Japan. He's one of the more highly decorated light heavyweights coming into this match. Um, actually, it's Will Ospreay first. I apologize. He's coming out with his uh, with his gear and the British flag. And this is more aerial assassin Will Ospreay. So it's it's kind of odd to see this because this is now, what, four years ago, I think. Yeah, about four years. Yeah, it's it's been at least four minutes. So, yeah, um, it, it's it's definitely going to be a barn burner as we see a day banner in the background. Um, not something you see too often anymore. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but Red Shoes is our referee and Will Ospreay is coming in like a bat out of hell. And so at this point, Ricochet is in a tag team with another man. Uh, he is known as the funky weapon Ryusuke Taguchi, um, who pretty much does the same thing as Asuka with a lot of hip attacks and stuff like that. So definitely um, more of a comedic wrestler now, but he was actually the guy that Finn Balor turned on to start the Bullet Club. Man, I'm I'm getting educated right now. This uh, is this will un. Yeah, go ahead. This, this is great. Go ahead. No, you, you go for it. Um, this is definitely more my niche, and as you see, Ricochet coming out with the IWGP Light Heavyweight cha- or Junior Heavyweight Championship. I apologize. So at this point, he is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. I mean, being a big WWE fan, this kind of makes me sad seeing what Ricochet was. As to where he is right now, mm-hmm. my God! This, even his just getting into the ring yeah, is better just, than the last couple matches he's had because he has been held back. He has uh, definitely been held back here. Um, he's like I said, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Uh, people that have held that belt are the likes of uh, Kushida, who is now in NXT, Jushin Thunder Liger. You have, um, I think Chris Jericho might have even held it at one point or competed for it. I, I can't remember if exactly if he held it, but I think he did compete for it for sure. Eddie Guerrero fought for it. Um, Chris Benoit has fought for this title and I think actually won it at one point as well. So a very long lineage. And as you see, Will Ospreay, much smaller than, <laughs> than now. <laughs> yeah, he's about half an Ospreay. Yeah. He's, he's still just a little hatchling at this point. Well, and, and then we get a guy who has a PWG shirt in the crowd as this is where Ricochet was teaming with Matt Seidel as well um, in, in uh, PWG. And fun fact, they never touched the ring at that point because they're just such high flyers. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, the bell no. has rung. We are underway here uh, with my uh, least favorite referee in New Japan, Red Shoes. I hate this man. <laughs> is he the legend? I mean, it, everybody's supposed to love him. Tiger Hattori is the legend. Red Shoes is just the bump master when it comes down to referees. <laughs> gotcha. So now, this, this, correct me if I'm wrong here, wasn't one of the stories going into this It was that they're a mirror image of each other in the way they perform? Yeah, so uh, that and then these guys had been feuding throughout the whole of this year. They had a match in Evolve. And um, a match at WCPW as well. Um, and both getting, like, the better of each other. Like, they kind of both traded wins. Um, as we see Ricochet popping up out of a uh, bone arrow... Or at a failed bone arrow stretch. But, yeah, these two are definitely mirror images of each other. The high-flying, the fast pace, the hard-hitting. Um, and and you notice it, um, especially watching it with sound. You, you hear how hard they hit. Um, I know we don't have the sound on right now, but definitely how hard they how hard they are able to hit. And Osprey definitely laying in chops now is like a cannon. Yeah, I mean, even just watching the way he bounced or just bounced off that ring and just how hard yes. he had to hit. I mean, yeah. good God, this is like watching a whole nother world for somebody who doesn't ordinarily watch it. Yeah, and and like you just saw Ricochet just bouncing, uh, bouncing off and doing a roll through, and Osprey 
<laughs> did a 450 through it, and now both men hitting the Superman pose <laughs> that they are so well known for. Good God almighty. It's like pinball. This just makes me sad that I don't leave my feet much. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, these guys kind of made me um, realize, uh, and especially after I took my first top rope bump, um, I'm more of a Zack Sabre Jr. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm more of about the guy in the third row. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's me now. (laughs) But both of them. It's just. It's so tense. That's the whole thing. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing, too, is that these guys, they may do a lot, but there's a lot to what they do as well. Like, it's a very odd saying for that, but they definitely, as Ricochet lights Will Ospreay up with a chop, they do sell, but it's a different kind of selling. And that's the one thing I always say about New Japan is, like, you don't need a chin lock to sell. Yeah. Yeah, It sells itself. Yeah, and and it's all about the facials and, like, as a Tiger faint kick to the turnbuckle pad and Ricochet comes off the top and Osprey delivers a dropkick midair. Dropkick, yeah, wow. The height. The height and just the stiffness of it from just a standing dropkick, too. There was no run-up, no lead into it. We're six minutes into the video, so we're probably about three minutes into the match itself. Gotcha. And this is a 22 and a half minute video as we see Kushida sitting at ringside on commentary. That's one guy I really hope NXT gets behind. I really do. I'm a massive Kushida fan. And to be honest, they have just so underutilized him until recently. I think that they're going to let him have sort of the heel turn, which unfortunately I think WWE and... Well, man, too much everybody from Japan is, uh, you know, villain or a threat. So mm. I think he's going to go heel and be the bad guy. But if that lets him, you know, take that uh, governor off of him and just go, I'm down. I, you know, Kushida is a guy that always wanted to move up to heavyweight in New Japan, and they never saw him as that. And that's kind of part of the reason that he left from what all reports are, um, that he was one of the guys that, just never could get past that weight barrier. But in WWE, like what the way they use him, they do use him well, just not enough to my liking. Oh, yeah. what, what a that, DDT from Ricochet there. That DDT came out of the balcony. Good God. <laughs> well, <laughs> Osprey flew to the balcony after selling it too, as you saw. And then a step oh. up Tope, a corkscrew Tope con Hero from Ricochet. And he makes it look effortless. He's barely even winded. I'm out of breath watching him do that. And he's just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, I got this. Dude, I mean, Mike, I when they, they take your breath away, man. I, yeah, I don't think I could clear the top rope, uh, to be quite honest. No, I mean, I, oof. That need, that need sent on there? That was, it, oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of where the match picks up a little bit more. Um, the opening co- the opening part of the match, there was a a nice little uh, nice little flurry, but then it slowed down. But now they're just they're kind of Ricochet's kind of beating the shit out of Osprey, to be honest. And the funny part is, this is their rest spot. Yes, I mean, <laughs> yes, this, this is, is where everybody's spot. laying it in. This is where they're selling. So, like, that's the one thing. Even going back, watching old Hogan, um, old Hogan matches from New Japan when he faced off against uh, Keiji Muto. Uh, like, we had uh, Hogan's breaking out, like, cross arm breakers and, and stuff like that, but there's no chin locks. There's no real chin locks in that match. And now it's like a, a modified stretch muffler almost to, uh, to Osprey from Ricochet here. Which is not something that you see very often. That's not a that's not a particular move that you see. Um, you see the tra- traditional stretch muffler, but that one was like a butterfly lock stretch muffler. And again, just being the the WWE idiot that I am, it's just seeing Ricochet just with nothing holding him back. Mm-hmm. My God, I wish we could have this because you know his Monday night would be a lot better if we could see this. <sighs> oh, and then he just catches Osprey with ease. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, and just, that that backbreaker. I mean, he he went and hit the inside of his rib cage on that. Yeah, and it, and it was a power slam backbreaker at that. So like, it'd take Braun Strowman's back power slam, but he turns it into a backbreaker. Golly. And this is this isn't even the high spots of the match. Like, I will be brutally honest. There is more yet to come. That is just insanity. I'm glad I got my hat on so when my mind actually blows, it won't make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Ricochet is attempting a scu- uh, uh, suplex, but a jawbreaker from Will Ospreay, one of the more traditional moves that you'll see in this match. <laughs> and just yeah, these there's... forearms. Nothing traditional about this match except for those couple moves and yeah, the striking is insane. Look at handspring kick. That's kind of one of Osprey's uh, more signature moves now too. Is just the handspring kick to the face that he does, where he kind of flips himself through it. It's so impressive the way he can contort his body. Now this is this I would actually say you know, and I'm embarrassed I haven't watched it until now. This is a very important match, I think, in modern pro wrestling. Do you think this is where we're seeing the big turn from, uh, you know, it being a complete body game and muscle man thing to, uh, you know, as long as you're athletic, you can compete? Um, I, I don't think it was here. I think it started a little bit earlier with guys like Seth Rollins. Um, I, think, I think guys like Seth Rollins, guys like Rey Mysterio, um, as we just saw Osprey's Pip Pip Cheerio, which is a springboard uh, forearm, but then he just does like a space flying, a corkscrew space flying tiger drop, which is a <laughs> it's a cartwheel uh, from Osprey. <laughs> it's a cartwheel <laughs> into a oh crap, what would you call that? It, it, like a high jump jump, and he corkscrews through it, and then an in and out sunset bomb. <laughs> And it's flawless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this is where the opinion changed on how to work a match. I think that's kind of where we're seeing the NXT, uh, we're getting this influence into NXT now. I feel like this is one of the matches that definitely set that up. Yeah. As there's a springboard handspring backflip off of Osprey into a rolling head kick and a packaged back suplex. Yes, that was a sequence of moves. <laughs> that happened. The sequence is underselling it. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, these two. The chemistry. This is, a, this is a match of a lifetime. Yeah, this is chemistry. This is this is ideal chemistry. Yeah, this is what you want out of out of a match like this. And, like, uh, Japanese crowds are normally, they're not as as vocal. I know a lot of people say that, and it and it can be a little, oh, the the, blo- the counter sequences that we just saw was amazing. And then a cheeky Nando's kick set up by Osprey, and he misses. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're just trading countered moonsaults and counters completely. <laughs> and a double kick. Yes. Uh, a double head kick from both men. Uh, uh, this match has this so where, much in it. This is where your training comes in. You're calling these moves right. I'm like, he just did a flippy do. <laughs> and the, it was the, awesome. The funny thing is, is I'm in school for sports casting and I want to actually call a Japanese show. That is one of my <laughs> ultimate dreams. So New Japan, if you're listening, sup, yo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pick this man up. I would love to have a campaign to just call a wrestle. Like I would love for that to be my full-time job is to call wrestling. Oh, that that's my dream. <laughs> oh, you're, you're nailing it. So, and both of them just exchanging impact shots. And I mean, impact shots on the apron right now, but then a pop-up death Valley driver to Osprey on the apron. And then he rolls I don't off know you know this. into a poison Rana. <laughs> it is the hardest part of the ring. You're absolutely right. But that's Osprey, been drilled into our heads a lot. Osprey took a pop up Death Valley driver. Let me get through that again. Pop up Death Valley driver onto the edge of the apron, gets thrown in, and 619s himself around and hits a poison or reverse Hurricane Rana to ricochet on the floor. 
yeah, these two shouldn't be upright. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not right now in this match. They're both no, on they're, the ground. They're both down. Um, they're, they're teasing a count out, which in Japan is actually a 20 count as well. So it's not your traditional tens. So in Japan, you get a 20 count. Same as Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor does the same thing. Yeah. But let's also remember I, I, that at this point, Will Ospreay is 21. My God. At 21, all I cared about was getting drunk, and I couldn't imagine doing anything like this. Well, at 21, I actually, I think I was just starting to wrestle. <laughs> I was wrestling with, uh, you know, finding a bottle opener. <laughs> I have one on my keychain now. It's never too far away. <laughs> at a boy. This feels like we're at like a reset of this match because they're both pretty beaten down and it's just the face to face and it's it's what we in wrestling call a swinging dick contest where they just exchange forearms. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess that's better than exchanging foreskins if it's called a swinging dick contest. Absolutely, you're not a hundred percent wrong there, <laughs> but like let's also give an update we are at 1640 in this match we still have like another few minutes to go it's unbelievable i mean this match this is a case of where these two came out and they over delivered in every category like everybody yeah. was gonna be good and the hype was there and there it's like oh well guess what i crank this up to 11 let's go yeah and, and Ricochet with just a brutal Superman forearm. And he's setting up for the Benadriller that Osprey ducks and a step up in Siguri. <laughs> and hits the Rainmaker pose, goes for the Rainmaker, ducks it, and then a <laughs> Northern Light suplex into a stun dog millionaire from Osprey. <laughs> Comes off the ropes into a thrust kick and a Spanish fly eaten by Ricochet as Osprey goes for the pin, and it's a kick out at two. <laughs> this is incredible. It's, it's an amazing show of athleticism, and I was saying earlier that Japanese fans are a little bit more subdued. This crowd is insane. Let me see if I can get... I'll, I'll play a little bit of the audio here. No, play. You can hear the crowd buzzing. Which they oh. sure aren't showing it, but yeah. Yeah, no, and they're a little bit more subdued in like how rowdy they get, but at the same time, they definitely do get loud. And Osprey goes for a springboard cutter and gets caught in a twisting back suplex. And now the Northern Lights into a brain buster from Ricochet, who steps back up into a running Spanish, uh, running shooting star press and a two count. <laughs> that was just okay. off by a frog there yeah it, it was a 2.9 as fire pro wrestling world dictates <laughs> lord and now he's setting up for the 630 centon and misses ah <laughs> uh, yeah I, going, I cry i couldn't imagine doing that <laughs> and osprey with a front flip ddt i forgot about that and then there's another kick out <laughs> That's the face I made when I saw him do that. Yeah. <laughs> that DDT. Holy hell. Yeah, if you don't see the face of, of Brad, because you're you're listening to the podcast, the eyes are wide. <laughs> Very. Yes. I always, I love, go I, this is the match that I show non-wrestling fans. Um, just to say, like, this isn't just guys that are 280 pounds at six foot four, just like, you know wrestling this is actual athletics this is gymnastics this is true professional athletes yes this is an art this is definitely more than what you expect pro wrestling to be yeah and now he's setting up for the oz cutter and he gets caught ricochet sets him up for the benadriller no caught again osprey with the indie kick <laughs> my god Climbs up and a springboard os cutter going for the pin on Ricochet. One, two, three. And Osprey gets the win 
with the springboard Oz cutter. <laughs> that was a thing of beauty. My God. So the match ends here. Neither of these men went on to win the best of the Super Juniors. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> I mean, well, I think, I think this, that this, this was a... either Osprey's first or second um, tour ever with uh, New Japan. This was oh wow! This was only one of his first like true tours of um, New Japan. I'm actually googling to see who won Best of Super Juniors twenty uh, twenty three, and it ended up being he finished at the top of his block. So he finished um, at the top of Block B ahead of Bobby Fish, R- Ricochet, Volador Jr., Jushin Liger, Tiger Mask for Chase Owens, and Trent. And then the winner of A block was Ryusuke Taguchi, who then actually Osprey won the G uh, the best of the Super Juniors this year. Osprey won it. Well, well deserved. And I do and if you believe. Look at the lineup. That's insane. That's a crazy lineup. Yeah. So in Block A, Ryusuke Taguchi beat out Matt Seidel, the former Evan Bourne, Bushi. Kyle O'Reilly, Rocky Romero, Kushida, David Finley Jr., and Gato. What a lineup. Good night. Yeah, so um, this match was hugely important to Osprey's, um, Osprey's growth in New Japan. And this win is actually the first, he became the first English winner of the tournament and became the youngest best of the Super Juniors winner in history, Osprey. Well, and I mean, this is actually, if you really are a wrestling purist, this is exactly what you want to see for a match. This is the perfect chemistry in the perfect atmosphere at the perfect time. Everything for this match was right. Yeah, and at this point, Osprey was 23, not 21. Still, though. <laughs> so, That's, yeah. Still looking for a bottle opener at that age. <laughs> that age was only a couple years ago for me, so I I, I was still wrestling. <laughs> oh, you young pups! Yeah, I'm only 26, so. Well, I'm 38, so but I'll be 39 soon enough. Yeah, I I hear that. I hear the 30s come quick, so I'm like, oh boy, let's hope not. They're they're not bad. You you'll you'll survive. <laughs> I know it's the forties. I'm really worried about. It's when it's when my skin starts to wrinkle. <laughs> oh boy, that's a totally different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole another conversation that this crap need to hear. <laughs> so, with that, uh, let's not not with that note, but let's go back to the to the match itself. Um, seeing that match, um, how pissed are you are you at WWE? I, I, the hurt business is not even what I want to give them. I, I, I just wish they would give Ricochet that one opportunity. Just give him a twenty-minute block on Raw. Let him go, and right. then you have your new top star against I, like a guy. I could see him even doing something like this with a guy like Keith Lee, with a guy yeah. like Andrade or Angel Garza. Um, it's somebody that could like it would be nuts. I would love that match. I want to see that match so bad. And I'm sure that yeah. they faced each other. Um, it was probably down in CMLL where Andrade was La Sombra. Um, so I, I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but we are definitely like in the crux of having those two just face off like just for 15 minutes on Raw, no shenanigans, no, nothing like that. Just give these guys 15 minutes, the first 15 minutes of the show, to just go. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even if you make it the popcorn match and just tell people basically, here it is, and let people decide on their own. I mean, I know this style isn't for everybody. It, it definitely isn't. There are body guys out there. There are just they want to see the Haas battles and that's fine you know but something like this I think would really open a lot of eyes for a lot of people if you just let them have a match where they could just go 
Right, and and that's the thing too is that when you when you look at this, when you look at guys that can do this kind of match, okay, it takes a special kind of talent. And yes, you may not get the best outcome from it with the with some of the fans, but you may you may capture some new fans. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, we've seen them in tags, and then I guess they faced off at, in main event. <laughs> oh, what a bullshit place to put that match it might actually be the perfect place to put that match because you know what that might that might be the best time to do that because they might get 10 minutes of uninterrupted justice yes yeah i'm gonna have to go find that match i mean i'm gonna go in with low hopes and june 15th 2020 there it is so i'm actually going to write that down now too because now i kind of want to see where this goes. But with that being said, Brad, I cannot thank you enough for helping to co-host this watch-along edition of the podcast. It was my pleasure, and thanks for blowing my mind completely and making me angry at WWE. Hey, I'm angry at WWE at least once a week, so you know what? (laughs) Um, With that being said... Let's go ahead and, and, and plug Russell Rumble one more time. Plug yourself, what, what projects you have going on, and all that kind of stuff as well. Absolutely. WrestleRumble.com. Check us out uh, on Twitter at WrestleRumble. If you want to find the uh, biggest heel in WrestleRumble, follow me at Pedersen Reports. That is P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N Reports. Remember, it's all E's. And uh, for our next one, we've got the Worlds Collide coming up where you can win one of four belts. A couple of them are custom made. We got the ECW Championship belt. We got the uh, NWA title. We got the uh, AEW title. And we've got the other one that I can't remember right now because. NXT. Son of a bitch. Yes, the NXT. It's the big X, my favorite one that they've ever had. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, check us out for just the buck. You could be walking away with, you know, 10 to 15 pounds of gold. Uh, and then also just a little teaser. We are having a very, very, very big giveaway for the next NXT takeover. Stay tuned. Follow us. We'll keep you up to date and look for all my pre graphics hyping that up. I am definitely going to turn on the tweet notifications for that because that, uh, that sounds like something that I need to get in on. Um, of course, you can follow Justin, our absent co-host today, doing his fatherly duties at Worst Wrestling Podcast. You can, uh, on Twitter, you can find this podcast, well, wherever you're listening to it, but um, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can rate your podcast. It helps move us off the charts little by little. We are proudly part of the Project Dits podcast family. And make sure you follow them on Twitter, also at Project Dits. You can follow me on Twitter at Damien underscore Miller, Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N underscore Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash dmiller139, where I play every Tuesday and Thursday. And I play some wrestling games. Actually, I play a lot of wrestling games. So you should tune into that as well. Um, and with that being said, I don't normally, uh, I, we still haven't come up with a sign-off yet So, I guess we're just going to end it by saying, from my favorite wrestler, rest in peace. Hello, guys. This is Justin, one half of the worst wrestling podcast. Here to let you know that this podcast is affiliated with the future of wrestling merchandise. And the future that I am talking about is Super Kicks. Not spelled the way you would think, but spelled S P R K I X. And when you visit their website, superkicks.com, S P R K I X.com, you will receive 10% off of your order. And how do you receive that 10% off? is by using promo code WORST to receive that special offer. Again, use promo code WORST to receive 10% off your entire order, and that's visiting 
sprkix.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at sprkix to receive all of the updated merch that they have coming out, all of the updates, and anything that involves this company. They just tweeted out that the Christmas lineup is going to be badass. All right, and they have a Halloween special going on right now. So again, visit the website sprkx.com. Use promo code WORST to receive 10% off your entire order. And again, we, the Worst Wrestling Podcast, Damien and myself, are so happy to be affiliated with this awesome kick-ass company. And until then, enjoy the show. But more importantly, visit sprkix.com, baby!